please. Uh, but the session here definitely is about, uh, uh, you know, the village cuisine. Uh, the session is about as well the tribal cuisine of uh, India. Um, you know, where shall I start from really? Because I think about the tribal cuisine, it's I think one of the most simplest, the most nutritious of all cuisines, I would say. Because food is nowadays more of an invention and creativity. But when we talk about the time when the humans started fetching for their food, it was mostly about the necessity. So necessity was the mother of invention. Um, and the beauty of that particular food was that you would create the food with the possible ingredients around you. Um, in India today, we have um, more than 570 odd plus um, clans of tribals and around 68 million people in, in, in all across India who are from the, you know, the tribals and they wish to stay like that. Um, with the modernity happening, with the, with the cuisines that India looking forward to, the Western cuisines and incorporating French and Italian and Greek, etc. into our economy. I think those people really focused on their own traditions, their own food. I was amazed when I was reading about it that they have close to 51,000 ingredients. 51,000 plants, I must say. Not only ingredients, 51,000 plants. If I go across this room, I don't think I will get a number beyond 70 or 80 plants. That also I'm thinking I'm aiming too high. We'll struggle uh, for this. And imagine 51,000 plants to choose from. And uh, some of the things are so unique. You know, like home ground rice uh, mixed with water, created like a dough, uh, in a camel leaf flour, closed, put in the fire until it got charred, burnt and that roti you would have with pickles etc. Very interesting, you know, it's survival. Because the human is all about survival. When you're sitting in an interview room and when a tough question is asked to you, what starts happening? Youngsters, I'm sure that you have this all the time. What starts happening to us? The legs start moving. Because we are of animal instinct. We have been born, we have been created by God that if a tiger comes in front of us, it's a situation where you have to run. That's exactly what happens in the interview room. There's a tiger in front of you, but unfortunately you can't run and that's why your feet by default start moving because you want to actually run away. And that is what the animal instinct in us helped develop the tribal cuisine. There are amazing dishes all across. If you, if you see in um, Arunachal Pradesh, there is one of the dish called pasa. Now this dish is so unique. This dish is basically they take the fish. So all these tribals always, you know, were either on the foothills of the Himalayas um, or on the western ghats and they were very close to the mother nature. They would stay where there are ponds nearby, there are animals, there is vegetation growing so that they're never out of the food. And it is so amazing. Even in our, if you look at 30 years ago, our house economy, 70% of our economy of earnings of the family was spent on food. Today, unfortunately, 70% are spent on technology. And we spend very less amount of what we earn on the real food. And we are all looking for cheaper options, cheaper food, khana sasta ka milega. So wherever it is about cheap food, you are somewhere down the line playing on the nutritional element. You are playing down upon the kind of food which is not meant to be eaten. So there are various things, you know, and food is like a crazy industry. You can have profit margins from some percentage to many percentage. But um, when I talk about 30, 40 years ago, I think the produce that was bought into the home, um, you know, it was a very, very nutritious meal and people concentrated. Food was a celebration. People would sit around, have, and that was the main attraction. You know, there was an excitement. Not today's kid, McDonald's ka burger la do. You know, so we have, we have changed quite a lot in that part. So I was coming to this Anachal Pradesh. So this dish, where they catch a fresh fish. So imagine, it's a fresh fish. Not, not, not one hour old, freshly caught fish, the head and tail would be chopped off, skin removed and this fish would be ground into a paste with different spices and then you have a kind of a leaf which you mix like a juice of that leaf, home ground and then it's almost like pickled, very flavorful season and that was had at a dish. 
And today when we look at, you know, countries like Peru, which are making dishes called ceviche, where we have sushis and sashimis. So there are presence of that kind of raw foods, etc. in India. But there is a reason why these people did that. They did that because they wanted to hide from the enemy. If they were in a jungle and if they were found cooking, that smoke, etc. would lead them to get caught by the other tribal clan and get killed. So for that survival, that is what... Necessity is the mother of invention. So that kind of scenario gave rise to certain dishes like that. Unexplored. And, you know, people who are vegetarians, I can understand when I talk about fish of red, you know, raw paste and all that being eaten, you will go yuck. But even for people who eat meat, for example, eating uh, raw sushi, I mean, first time is quite a difficult thing to gulp it down. Slowly, I think some people really start loving it. I mean, my daughter started having sushi at the age of five. And she craves for sushis every three months, but that is about you know how they spoiled they are sometimes, being chefs' children. Um, yeah, but I, I think it's all about. I think we should go back to our roots. We should hunt down, um, you know, what's important for us, what is nutritious for us. Uh, I'm not against you know getting um, getting a nanza, you know, the naan with the pizza topping like I was talking about in last session. Um, I'm yeah, I'm not talking about the konzas where you have the pizzas in the cone. It's all great, you know, but let's explore the kind of cuisine that our, our country is famous for, the, the culinary heritage that we are soon going to lose. 20 years from now, people will think, oh, dahi ghar mein bhi jam sakta hai, because people will forget. Forget about pickles and all, trust me. There are pickles that our grandmoms and all used to make. We only, we only talk around the table, oh, meri dadi ma ye banati thi. But at that point in time, I didn't think it was very important for us to take down those recipes, note down those finer points. But today we miss them, they're gone. You know, the skill is gone, um, the people are gone, we are just trying to replicate something and every time we replicate, we are actually losing some bit of it and when it's being passed to generations in that half, uh, you know, half documented manner, at the end it turns out to be a pasta and pink sauce. So that is where my scare is uh, and I will talk to other people. Yes, sir, sure. I know I'm part of the panel, but I actually have a question uh, based on this. So uh, just just to build on this, so uh, my friend Rocky and I, we uh, over the last 12 years, we drove about 300,000 kilometers all over India looking for food and stuff. And I like the Arunachal Pradesh example. We uh, uh, drove in Arunachal Pradesh and we came to this area where the ladies had basically collected produce and stuff from the forest and they had this blanket and they were sitting there. And we thought we were well-traveled and we understood food. We didn't recognize a single thing in there. There were fruits, vegetables, leaves, grass, weed. Uh, and we weren't really able to communicate, so we didn't know what. But you know, you could smell it. We put one uh, bit of grass in the mouth. It's like you're chewing a menthol gum. Then you put another thing in the mouth, your mouth is on fire. You put a third thing in the mouth, it tastes like something exotic. But here's the beautiful thing. We drove for another 30 kilometers found another blanket, another set of ladies, and a completely different set of ingredients. Not one thing that was common to words. Now, uh, so this is my, my, my sense, my, my wonder, is that this is an Arunachal Pradesh, or you have stuff in Chhattisgarh, and, and uh, but the reality of, of life also is that if these have to be preserved, and these have to be, this, either you have to let them live their way of life, you can't bring it to the mainstream. But if you want it to be celebrated and if you want it to become known all over the world so that our food gets its rightful place in the world along with uh, Japanese cuisine, that means it has to be brought to the mainstream. Now, here's the challenge. How do we do that? How, are we building a is, is there anybody, this is my sense of wonder, is anybody building a library of these 51,000 ingredients? How are you going to bring those 51,000 or even 5,000 of those ingredients from where they grow only in a certain area? How are we going to preserve that heritage? Okay, so I, I think that's a very valid question and I think uh, we have somewhere made a start into it at least, I would say. Because let's say if we talk about a decade ago, 10 years ago, I don't think we ever spoke about the cuisines of Nagaland, Mizoram, Arunachal Pradesh, Meghalaya. Because we always in our mind thought that they eat black dogs. Trust me, I've grown up with that thought. Ki Nagas eat only black dogs. They stuff it with rice. Then they keep moving it around until the uh, dog vomits. Then they eat the vomit and the dog. You know how ridiculous to have been conditioned with such kind of food stories. Because I'm sure they have been passed. Of course, my parents didn't make it up. I'm sure they've heard it from somewhere else, somewhere else, somewhere else. Uh, 
But I think now we have uh, people coming in from catering colleges from Nagaland. Uh, we are recognizing chefs who are homegrown chefs and who are setting up their Naga restaurants in Delhi. So we are slowly getting exposed to it. I mean, five years, six years ago, I don't think any Indian would have heard out Burj Jirokia chilies, which is one of the spiciest chilies in the world. And I remember seven years ago thinking that I'm a very brave man and I can eat so many chilies at one time. I popped one small whole Naga Jirokia into my this thing. My stomach was on fire. I drank milk. I you know, it was literally on fire. And after that, I've never had the whole Naga Jalokia or Burj Jalokia as it is. But yes, we are coming close to those ingredients. Okay, one step further, he did it on television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ice cream and yeah. fire extinguisher. His pony would have stood up. Like calls to call his mother and wife to say, I might die. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're making a mark in that. And I think what is important for, you know, chefs who are in the creative fields of hospitality, who are famous chefs or, you know, educated chefs, I think... I don't know if how open the people are to share, I think, but we should um, go in there and make them famous rather than making them realize that we are here to steal your recipes and make our name. Mm -hmm. I think they are the people who are the heroes. They should be made the heroes. We should popularize them in a way. And with our creativity, I think we can use that, smell that and say, oh wow, can I make tempura out of this? Can I convert this into a chart? Can I make a spring roll in this leaf and fry? So that is where, you know, because it's an acceptability factor because you might not want to eat something which is typical because it's a taste that is developed with that fermented, strong flavored food. They don't use spices so much. They hardly use oil in some cases. And they have gravies which are thickened with, you know, red rice which have been bunod yes. till they're dark in color and then they just ground to a powder and that gives a thickening to your recipes. Yeah, they would use vegetable purees as a base for their gravies. So, because they don't use onion and all. So, there's a very different recipes altogether. And I think, yes, I think documenting that thing because they, it was the way of their life. But I think if we are educated, I would request you all who travel, share the information. I mean, I follow you on Instagram all the time. I take a lot of notes. But I would be very interested to help people document it as well and, uh, you know, and get the scientists to talk about that, what is that, what is the nutritional value and popularize something which is health related. Because I think today everybody is talking about health and that's why millets have suddenly come up because we are talking about the health aspect. So I think health and nutrition is the way forward where we can, you know, popularize it. It's not an easy task, but it will take time, but at least we should start with it. I will add to that. Uh, chef, uh, now in the CL, we have three months back, we have a function at Delhi, at CL. And uh, you will amaze, uh, the Megalia cuisine has been introduced in such a way. There are 50 stalls for Megalia cuisine. And uh, not only this, uh, they have a different stalls for the ingredients also. So uh, they have showcased their ingredients. You don't remember, they have shown us the coriander leaves. If you see the coriander leaves, of Meghalaya, you will don't know that this is the coriander leaves. It looks like coriander leaves. It's totally different. It looks like a spinach, sort of spinach. But it's a coriander. When you smell it, you will come to know that, yes, this is a coriander. But it looks like a spinach. So there are so many ingredients. Even you, if you show it, you won't, won't recognize that, that this is what. So, but now the IFCA and the CL, they are doing, uh, promoting, and uh, most of the thing is, I think in this January or February, we have, we will have a new, one CL program at Meghalaya. So, where they, they will be able to showcase their cuisines. Uh, chef, yes. every time when we uh, think it off of the lost recipe, yes. so uh, always we heard that we are missing those uh, recipes and uh, uh, food. Yeah. So, uh, uh, as... Uh, we are uh, chef of fraternity. Are we doing enough to rebirth those uh, recipes? And uh, what are the common recipes among India? We can rebirth the... Uh... So, how many years do you have? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, so I will share an experience with you. Um, I, I was writing textbooks all the time and after writing five textbooks, I said, enough of textbooks because I have to keep writing and I don't know if students are reading and students are cursing me that this man would have had fight with his wife and has written a chapter after that. <laughs> because we used to do that in our time. Uh, typical science books and all that. So I wanted to write a book on the Langar cuisines of India. And for that I was uh, fortunate enough to be introduced to Captain Amrinder Singh himself. So through some sources and he said, um, listen, we can do 
I mean, he gave me uh, some story about it, which uh, it'll take a long time to tell that. But he said, listen, if you're interested, I have some recipes from the Royal Gharanas of Patiala, which we used to do, and their collection is around 300, 350 year old recipes. But the problem is they're all written in Gurmukhi. I said, sir, if I can get it, you know, then... He said, yeah, you have to be careful because you, if you turn the page once, you don't know if you're going to go to the page back. It was, uh, so I had to photograph those recipes. So he said, Pata, ye hamare gharane mein sirf ko di jati thi. Ye recipes ko bhi nahi the. So I said, wow. He said, because this is like, you know, the riyasat. And you, if you give it to a daughter, then daughter is going to walk away with it. So you give it to bahu. So in my trembling voice, I asked, so Captain Saab, why didn't you give it? You know, why you're giving it to me? He said, kisko do? One is French, one is Swiss, one is from Sweden, one is from England. <laughs> so I got the message. I was very happy. I took the book. So I got it translated. I'm very good at reading printed Punjabi, but I can't read handwritten Punjabi. It becomes very confusing. So I distributed it to my cousins, mother, everybody. And I managed to write that in, in documented in English form. And at the same time, I grabbed an opportunity. I asked him if I could do food promotions at Obroy Hotels. So successfully, I actually conducted three food promotions in Obroy Hotels. And this was called as Rivayate Patiala. The Rivayat means the traditions. And I was so amazed with these recipes that I was happy that I could at least translate it down. And now when I try those recipes and make few changes, etc., probably the idea is to come up with a book on the Royal Gharanas of Patiala. In that 450 odd recipes, there is not even a single recipe of a paneer. Yeah. Aloo is only at few places because it was one of the most expensive ingredients at one point in time. You know when Nawab Wajid Ali Shah actually went to um, uh, Calcutta, he actually went to get his gaddi back. But, and he, he had gone with 200 of his khansamas. But when British refused to give his Nawabi back from Awadh, he didn't have face to come back. He stayed in Calcutta and formed a new Awadh there called Metia Burj. And from Metia Burj, he created the Mughlai cuisine of Calcutta. That is where the Rizala today and the biryani of Calcutta, which is very popular. And that biryani had one big piece of potato, one anda and one meat piece. And today is probably, you know, a lot of chefs think, he, oh, he had gone so poor that he had to resort to aloo. <laughs> that time, aloo was more expensive than the gosht because the aloo was uh, imported by the Portu from the Portugal and these places. So he had to prove a point to say that if I have lost my gaddi there, I am still rich that I can serve you a potato in a biryani. So isile aloo ka gosht, potato. So this is not that that we wanted to feed. We were poor country. We were one of the richest in terms of culinary heritage. We spent everything that we had on our food. You know, in fact, Western world, you see, they don't spend so much on food particularly. I, I would say Italians, yes, but others are all packaged food. Rarely, it's a celebration when a family gets together to eat something on the table. So we as a country, you know, the food is the most intrinsic part to our culture. Getting together, cooking together. You know, that's a big stress buster. Today, people do it for fashion and post pictures on Instagram. But I think it's, it was the way of our lives. Very, very true. Uh, <clears throat> like we all are from, basically from belongs to Nagpur. Do you know that which is the tribal cuisine of our region? The problem starts from here. Actually, the awareness of tribal cuisine, we, we are here, we are, we are staying from Nagpur in this region for so many years. But do we know that the, what, which is the tribal cuisine of our region? So, uh, because nobody knows it, there are only, I, don't, I, I think four or five people must be knowing that. We had a, this, this area is to call as Gondwana. And there was a Gond king. And that cuisine is a tribal cuisine in our region. But, uh, you know, how many people knows about it? There are very few. Uh, forget about the recipes. Forget about the name of the dishes. But the cuisine is also existing. There are only few people who knows about it. So... Uh, Saudi is also. Now, people people have a wrong marketing about Saudi that Saudi is a spicy food and it's a hot food. No, no. It's not a hot food. It's a basically a tribal food from Madhya Pradesh. The people, yeah, now it's in Chhattisgarh, but earlier it was a Madhya Pradesh. And uh, Nagpur was the capital of Madhya Pradesh. And they, they were one community called Halba. So they, this community, they are very good in weaving. And because the Nagpur has an uh, empress mill here, existing long back, so these people used to travel from that part to this part for a search of job or uh, to sell their threads and all. A uh, few of them used to get the jobs, 
but rest they started feeding with this cuisine. This tribal cuisine is very simple because uh, they don't have onion as the chef said, they don't have onion as a thickening agent. So they started using rice or the bangle ground flour or chana dal as a thickening agent with to their, their gravies. But still, now what we did with that uh, Saudi cuisine, we messed that Saudi cuisine with the lots of rich chili powder, lots of oil and on the top and uh, so this is what means if, because it was not documented. The main reason was well, the Saudi cuisine was not documented. So whichever people, whichever hotel thought of that this is Saudi, so they made it according to that and they started serving the food. So, uh, chef, I hope all the ladies are waiting for your recipes yes, eagerly. Sure. One of the recipes like a mirchi ka halwa is definitely from the, uh, the Cuisine do Pachala book. Uh, so it's a very simple thing. I'll start with first the garlic kheer because I think that is the first one that I bought up. So garlic kheer, you can use as pungent garlic as possible, doesn't matter. Okay, but here there's a trick of this. So first what you do is you take garlic cloves, like one cup of garlic cloves. And this garlic clove, you put it in cold water and bring that to boil. Okay, now there's a lot of science behind everything. In a cold water, because there is oil in the garlic, that uh, the olive oil, which is uh, slightly pungent. So if you start in a hot water, it seals the pores of the garlic and the oil is trapped inside. So you start with the cold water so that the oils and the flavors start leaching out in that water. And when it comes to one boil, you strain it off. Okay? Wash the garlic, put it again in cold water and start it again. You do this three times. Okay? The fourth time, you take clean water, cold water, and you put... Uh, alum salt, fit curry with that. So when you put fit curry, it magically removes all the extra pungentness from the garlic completely. Boil it, you will see the water turning green. You just, uh, you know, uh, uh, strain it again and then wash it. Once you washed it, now bring it to a boil with cold milk and let it come to a boil. Now when it comes to a boil, you drain the milk off. So now you have garlic in the fifth step, which is ready and looks like almonds. And now what you do is make your rabdi, like reduce the milk, add saffron, elaichi powder, etc. And add this garlic into it, a chamach of ghee and let it cook for some time. Brilliant. Your husbands will love you for it. It will not taste like uh, garlic at all. So that is also called as benami kheer. And this was the, the royal kings of Awadh who would surprise the other people by creating such lovely delicacies and others would get surprised. The Mirchi ka halwa is... Um, so any questions on Benami here? Okay, I'm sure you're not listening. You're recording and you'll play back. I hope the recording stays on. Yeah. In the cold water, add fit curry, bring it to a boil. It'll turn greenish. Then you drain off. That's why we cook it in milk. Otherwise, garlic will be found as green in color. So that is the trick to actually now boil it in milk to make it white again. For uh, Mirchi ka halwa, you can take uh, capsicum and uh, hand grate it from the kadukas. Okay, so it, it can't be pureed in the mixi. Hand grate it so that uh, too much of liquid doesn't come out from it. Coarse one. And then you take ghee, you add the um, uh, that grated, uh, grated uh, capsicum and you keep bunawing it for all, almost 15-20 minutes. So all, first it will leave the water and slowly then all the ghee, you will see the ghee there. At that point in time, put sugar in it, put little lychee powder and um, allow it to cook. You will see ghee surfacing on the top, put it off the flame and after some time just put grated uh, khoya on top and just cover it. After that you serve, people will not be able to make out it was made out of mirchi. And that you can do with yellow capsicum, you can do with red capsicum, you can try anything. So two simple recipes for you to try. So do try it out. Then we are allowed for it. What I love is how quickly you Is there anything more you want? Uh, a quick recipe from our lovely chefs. We can uh, we can share one or two recipe more. But any questions? I mean, any questions? Yes. Let's make the session interactive. And 
uh, I just love the traditional monthal that is made by my grandmother. Wow. And she taught that to my mother. And unfortunately, I can't get the danedar part of it, you know. So that is one dish that I've always been in awe with. And I have tried it, tasted it all over the place. But it never matched the standards of what my grandmother made. And probably that is the reason since when I started loving the Indian sweets. Nothing to do with the ice creams and the cakes and all. But the Indian sweets. So... Probably that is what made me a foodie, and I'm trying to cut down on the sweet, but it's okay. <laughs> Thank you. No, no. Uh, to be more specific, it's rasgulla or uh, sandesh, but it's uh, gurka sandesh. It's yeah, not in gurka sandesh. Something more unique, which is. Uh, in desert, you want? Yeah. Uh, bhapa Sandesh. That is steamed because wala. Something more unique than that. <laughs> <laughs> because then I tell you that name, uh, you will go like, ah. Oh. Parval ki mithai. No, something more unique than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Are you sure you're going to Okay, so once, have you heard of something called Lady Kenny? Yes, yes, okay. yes. So now, do you know how the name Lady Kenny came, came about? No, not exactly. So it's an interesting story. And this is the food stories are so amazing that how we forget histories over, over a period of time. Lord Canning's wife, Lady Canning, once visited Delhi. She loved the gulab jamun that the halwais prepared. She took it back to Calcutta because the head offices of EIH were in Calcutta. Um, and she said to the cooks, here's the dessert I had, please make this, replicate it. Now they turned their heads around it, but it was made from khoya, because gulab jamuns are made from khoya. And khoya in camp, which is called like a cottage, soft cottage cheese. So they tried something out of it with cottage cheese and make it resemble like a uh, gulab jamun, gave it to her, she liked it. And she, they named the desert Lady Canning. Now over a period of time that Lady Canning become Lady Kenny. Today, every sweet maker sells it at Lady Kenny, but if you ask them why is it called like that, they will tell you, Ami Janina. <laughs> um, so one of the classical desserts from Bengal, which is, comes from a place called Chandan Nagar, is called Shor Bhaja. Ah. So Shor Bhaja is such an interesting concept that the bicycle wallas, you know, they, they actually uh, cook the milk in such a way that the skin of the milk comes on top. Then they remove the milk layer by layer. So these are milk sheets that are layered one on top of each other, you know, and then they are cut into things and they are also deep fried and in sugar syrup. I think if any Bengali in a childhood would have shor bhaja or pati shapta, they would swear by it. Because like you said, ma'am, those are the Indian sweets that we have lost in touch with because we have now moved on to chocolates and converting mithais that look like truffles and fancy stuff. But I think it's important that we go back into our traditions and drill down. Because there were things for a reason. You know, it, it suited our culture, it suited our environment, it suited our body types, etc. And they were healthy. Actually, now that you... Uh, so, um, later in the evening, um, Rocky and I are doing a little talk about basically um, how to take Indian food forward and stuff. So, for me, it, it's interesting because uh, I don't know if you know now Haldiram... Uh, the family, the third generation, the Agarwals, they've actually hired this boy called, um, I, f I forget his name, but he's, he's almost like Rocky's nephew. And he's the one that actually did all the research and set up bakeries like La Opera and Dairy and all. Uh, Sahil Mehta, his name is. So they're now starting to do like barfi, uh, like uh, doda barfi or barfi, but with, uh, with uh, like a little orange touch or a, a dark chocolate layer. Uh, because what they're also realizing is that as long as they keep the basic soul Indian, maybe just a little bit of this embellishment makes it something a little more familiar and you can open more doors in the West. Because like for example what you're describing, today in the West everybody will be like full cream and then deep fried in this, it's very bad for your heart, very bad for this. What but if you can at least open the doors and basically start doing it, then you can come to a stage where you can then uh, get to a stage where you can put out 
food uh, which uh, now people are calling unapologetically Indian. So, uh, for example, there's there's a, and again, this is part of the talk. So, if you come to our talk, you may don't tell you. Oh, we heard this already, but there's actually a young chef you may know, know of, Chintan Pandya. He's doing tawa kaliji in Beja Fry in, in in New York, and people are traveling from different states in America. There you go. So, uh, so you, you you know. So that that's amazing because I mean. Actually, many cultures eat organs and this and that, but then to fry it and stuff, and here even most Indians, when they think, here's stuff like, uh, you know, beja fry, they're like, oh, who's going to eat the brain? Uh, but he's, he's doing stuff like that. So do, do you think, even now, to come back to the whole uh, tribal cuisines and, and folk cuisine, is that a possible route where you can not be so... Um, stuck to the whole thing and instead think of inventive ways to use that same ingredient so that it can at least be saved or is it important to just keep it there? So again, tell you a uh, couple of months ago um, uh, Chef um, uh, Daniel Hum who is the owner for 11 Medicine Park 3 Michelin star restaurant was in India and he was on top of a rickshaw traveling the bylanes of Chandni Chowk and he went to spice markets and so many things and if you see on Instagram, if you see his presentation of a simple dosa with chutneys, it's mind-blowing. And sometimes you think, oh my god, such a simple thing, why didn't we ever think of it? But just the presentation, how he's presented everything is so elegant and, and, and something I'm sure that in India, if you would pay 100 rupees for that, somebody there is paying him $100 for that kind of meal, Indians. And they're saying, wow, I've never had this dosa back in India types. So I think, yes, what you're saying, um, uh, we are far behind from that first i think we have to get hold of that cuisine and and see exactly that what was the reason the food existed what are these ingredients where can we find them and once we are aware of the cuisine it's only when we can start to look at creativity because um, like you when you learn a language you first have to learn the alphabets when you learn the alphabets, you have to start making the three-letter words. And only then you can learn how to write sentences. I think we are still on the alphabetical stage. We are still trying to get to A, B, C, D of ingredients of uh, tribal cuisines. I think the next step is three-letter words, sentences, and then we can write a poetry of our own. So, same thing. Like, uh, as I told you about the uh, Gondi cuisine, there is a one dessert called in Gondi cuisine, Lal Barra. Uh, the name itself is very, but it, it, what, what is this? What, what you eat, Balushahi? So, same thing with the Balushahi, but it is stuffed. Uh, stuffed with, uh, you know, sugar, Chiranji, we, we eat Chiranjis in Prashad, sugar balls. So, the different color sugar balls, they put it in the, that, and then they deep fry. After deep frying, they put it in the sugar syrup and dry it. It's the same like Balushahi. But it's a tribal cuisine, so they don't have much uh, these things to add. So no, no, nothing, no khowa, nothing. So they add a dry ingredients with them. They deep fried and they consume. Lal barra. So because it turns into red when you break it, it turns into red. So they call it. Yeah, uh, even even they had a, like mita khana. Mita khana means uh, this tribal. Uh, they don't cook sweets every day. So whenever there is a banqueting or any functions, they have mita khana. Mita khana means they will only have a mita khana. No roti, no rice, no sabji, nothing. Yes, and they will have 15 to 20 varieties of meat khana. So you have to come, have that and go. And order a McDonald's burger. <laughs> <laughs> then you can order anything. But anything they will cook, it's only sweet. So that is a tradition, that is their culture. Sorry, I'm full of questions. Please, please, please. please. Is, is it, it currently, is there any uh, resource that is actually documenting on these tribal cuisines and stuff? I, for example, I know Chef Manjit Gil has this amazing library and stuff. So, in fact, it's been on my mind whenever I see him next. I want to ask him, if, is, has somebody started doing this? I'm 51,000. I didn't know this. I thought I knew a little bit about Indian food. But 51,000 things, is somebody even attempting to document all this? Uh, Facebook, uh, Chef Ashish Arora. Uh, he has, he's been working a lot with the tribals and the f village folk women of Uttarakhand. And he's actually made his culinary uh, research center in some place far away from Dehradun. And he has 
actually made made the traditional cooking pits and all where he's inviting people slowly and slowly. Uh, so he's just started actually his thing is going to start in also next 15 days. Uh, Ashish Arora is his name and um, they are doing a fantastic job and he is he already claims to have more than 5,000, 6,000 traditional old recipes that has been handed down from generations to generation. So he's definitely working on it for sure. Yes. And, and he's open to people to come. In fact, you and Rocky should make a trip there seriously. I will give you his contact details after this. He'll be very happy. A lot of people. I know people in Bombay, for example. Uh, they went to do MBA and all. They came back. It's about Bori cuisine. So they have that Bori's kitchen kind of a thing. So the mother cooks Bori food. But the son who's done MBA and all from New York has taken it to the next level. So everybody goes and visits there and the whole big thali like comes in front of you. So that is amazing. That is getting the traditional cuisines back up again, you know. Similarly, when we talk about cuisines of Kashmir, for example. Now, Kashmir is a very, very unique cuisine. It is very different from all the other, uh, you know, cuisines that we cook in India, for example. Because at one point in time, it was not a part of India at all. And Emperor Jahangir went there and set up the entire uh, food, the culture and everything. And Emperor Jahangir was from Persia. So it's more of a Persian thing. So rarely you will find that first put onion, bhuno it, then put ginger garlic. No. In Kashmiri food, actually, everything is cooked on a dam, on a slow flame. And, you know, that's how you make a rogan josh and marchwangan korma. And, you know, you name the meat except gushtaba, which has to be beaten and pounded for hours. Um, because I'm Kashmiri. So hence I talk about Kashmiri food. But when you talk about just Kashmir, then you have cuisines of Jammu, where we make our own mozzarella. You know, I don't know how many people have heard of it. So that cheese is called kalhadi. And it's a street food. So kalhadi kulcha is the traditional street food from Jammu. So they cook it on a tawa and they put it in a bun and they cook it like a vada pav. And when you eat it, it's stringy like a mozzarella. And that is the art. So if Italians have learned mozzarella, we've learned in Jammu from ages. You know, we've been making mozzarella and nobody knows about it. And then you travel up to Leh and Ladakh, that is the Aryans, you know, the traditional Aryans that existed. And if you see food of Leh and Ladakh, I mean, it's mind-blowing. The kind of ingredients, uh, the tea that they make with yak butter, you know, it is so, so amazing. A lot, lot of food is just, a lot of stir-fries, a lot of stew pots. Uh, they have something like Italian gnocchi, you know, when, we, when Italians make gnocchi, so they have dumplings, correct? I mean, they... So just in G and K, I mean, you have a food of Jammu, you have a food of Kashmir, you have a food of uh, Leh Ladakh. And then Kashmir, you talk about three different cuisines. You talk about the Kashmiri Pandit cuisine, you talk about the Vazwan or the Muslim cuisine, and then you also have the Sikh cuisine, which is amalgamation of both. Because Pandits, they can eat non-veg, but they can't eat onion and garlic. So their Rogan Josh is made without onion and garlic. And why, where is it coming from? Because coming November, December, January, February, March, five months, there'll be nothing growing. No green vegetables growing. So in September, I remember my grandmom, everybody used to hang tomatoes and pumpkins on a thread and sun-dried. So you talk about sun-dried tomatoes, my God, in Kashmir, sun-dried vegetables is a very common preparation in winters. The only one green vegetable, it's called vastahak. It's like collard greens. It's the only green that grows in the snow. So what a miracle of the, you know, nature that it's snowy, but just one vegetable comes up and it's highly perishable. So you have to pluck it and you have to cook it. It's called Vastahak. Vasta means brother. So it's a savior. It's like a brother who's the savior for you in that snow. So that is about that Kashmir that is unheard of, you know, S certain dishes because only the Vazwan has just become so popular. But then there's so many dishes in Kashmiri cuisine that are just unheard of. Be it the breakfast, the breads, everything else. And we talk about, you know, Kashmiri pulao. And I see on a lot of wedding menus with the rice, with touch of saffron, with nuts. Trust me, no Kashmiri has ever heard of a Kashmiri pulao. <laughs> and there's nothing called Kashmiri pulao. So, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely right. So, is there any question? Yeah. 
मेरा क्वेश्चन बहुत सिंपल है जैसे कि आजकल की जो इंडियन लेडीज है स्पेशली उनको और जो मेरे एज के हैं अगर मैं उनको बोलूं कि भिंडी की सब्जी या गोभी की सब्जी बना के दिखाओ तो उन्हें नहीं आएगा बट इटालियन पास्ताज और पिज्जाज एंड ये वो आराम से बना लेंगे सो ऐसा क्या करना चाहिए जिससे वो मतलब वापस बैक टू मतलब इसमें आ जाए कि वो घर का खाना बनाना सीखे मतलब रोटी गोल नहीं बनेगी लेकिन पिज्जा जरूर बन जाएगा कुछ पार्ट उसमें एक्सेप्टेंस का भी है जो इंटरनेशनल हम उसको ही फॉलो कर रहे हैं कंज्यूम कर रहे हैं वट और इन सब चीजों को भूलते जा रहे हैं तो इसके लिए आप लोग क्या एफर्ट्स कर सकते हैं या हम क्या कर सकते हैं अपने तरफ से ये बताइए क्योंकि एक से तो सुनेंगे नहीं मैंने कहा कि हाँ भाई चलो भिंडी खाते हैं तो गोभी खाते हैं तो नहीं यार तू तो रह तू देसी ही रह हम ये करेंगे तो वहाँ पे ये चीज आ जाती है आई थिंक मैम इसकी शुरुआत हमें अपने घर से करनी पड़ेगी हाँ घर की छोटे आप क्रिस्पी जयपुरी भिंडी बना के उसमें स्मार्टली पैक करके उस पैकेट को सील कर दीजिए और खोल के उसको बोलो कि ये नई डिश आई है और देखो कैसे लपक के खा जाएगा लेकिन जैसे आप उसको बोलोगे भिंडी वो टेस्टी भी छोड़ देगा तो आई थिंक इट इज हमें अपने कल्चर में आई थिंक धीरे धीरे बहुत सारी और वेन यू टॉक अबाउट भिंडी तो भिंडी की बहुत सारी डिशेज बनती है मे बी भिंडी की यू नो अगर मुझे कोई भिंडी तरी वाली सब्जी देगा तो आई विल फील की क्या दे रहे हो बट भिंडी कैन बी मेड इन मेनी मेनी वेज आप बेंगोल से देखो शोरशे दहरोश विच इज वेरी पॉपुलर है ना आप जयपुरी भिंडी देखो विच इज क्रिस्ट फ्राइड या गम्बो मतलब इट्स फेमस इन द वर्ल्ड कैरेबियन आइलैंड में वो भिंडी को काट के उसका सूप बनाते हैं इट्स कॉल गम्बो वी कैन मेक दैट वी कैन स्टफ इट वी कैन मेक आमचूरी भिंडी वी कैन स्टफ इट विद मोजरेला पोटेड एंड टेम्पूरा बैटर एंड डीप फ्राइड सो देर आर सो मेनी थिंग्स यू कैन डू एक्चुअली सो दिमाग लगाना पड़ता है थोड़ी जान लगानी पड़ती है थोड़ा टाइम लगाना पड़ता है इट्स बेसिकली लेजीनेस इफ पीपल आर विलिंग टू अप्लाई दम सेल्व एंड इन सोट ऑफ फूटिंग ट्वेंटी पास्ता पिक्चर्स ऑन इंस्टाग्राम अगर इफ यू यूज दैट एक्स्ट्रा टाइम टू एक्चुअली लर्न टू थिंग्स एंड डू दैट there are and there are many chefs who are doing that now uh, i i don't know if if chef has uh, in recipes dal rahe hain yes. and lot of people are following it so i don't necessarily agree maybe your three you and your three or four friends are very lazy in they saying ki nahi hame pasta banana hai but for the most part now uh, the wonderful news is that in india all of us indians and not just ladies and not this this but young men this are excited again about indian food and indian ingredients and wanting to do stuff with it and that is a huge thing because from there once we start taking pride in our cuisine ha. then when we travel then when we do this we'll be able to talk to people and say ka acha bhai ha exactly i will not go to a curry house and eat kya uh, balti pata nahi i don't even know what they call balti chicken or whatever because we'll be proud of our food so now that is started ha so good good days ahead very very good days ahead okay no it's it's uh, i will add something into it huh. it's not that ki pastas and noodles we are eating uh, hmm. 10 years before or 15 years huh. long back you go and see your houses you had savoy that is what huh. the savoy is yes, our noodles yes. only but we have only tried on a sweeter side we never huh. tried on a savory part it's not like that you don't have a pasta we had a pasta yes. i maharashtra is there, there, there we had we had sargundas उट ऑफ इट वी नेवर ट्राइड फॉर सेवरी वन यू कुड हैव ट्राइड फॉर सेवरी वी हैड अ चॉपसी 
as i told you in the morning yes. also we had a chops we had all these stuffs earlier with us but we never tried we never invented we have never uh, shown to the people that we also have this and that is why otherwise uh, we have all these products वन रीजन इज ऑल्सो की लोग उस तरफ मतलब उस तरफ ध्यान नहीं गया है उनका बिकॉज जैसे कि सर ने बोला इसलिए ध्यान नहीं गया क्योंकि खाना बनाना हिंदुस्तान में एक औरत की जिम्मेदारी थी और उसका एक काम था बड़ा हुआ जो वो कभी भी ट्राई करती थी कि उफ आज ना बनाना पड़े मुझे खाना बिकॉज वी ऑल यूज टू लिव इन ज्वाइंट फैमिलीज एंड वी यूज टू कुक फॉर ट्वेंटी फाइव थर्टी पीपल एवरी डे सुबह से चूल्हे की शक्ल देख देख के रात तक वॉट क्रिएटिव क्रिएटिविटी यू वॉन्ट टू एक्सपेक्ट बट नाउ इज द टाइम आई थिंक वेन वी आर एक्सपोज टू द वर्ल्ड एंड दिस इज द टाइम वेन यू ऑल होम ग्रोन शेफ ऑल्सो कैन टेक द फूड टू द नेक्स्ट लेवल एंड वी ऑल शेफ आर विद यू बिकॉज वी आर शॉर्ट ऑफ आइडियाज वी ओनली मेक बटर चिकन एंड दाल मखनी येस मैम येस हेलो सर सर मेरा ये क्वेश्चन है कि आई लव टू कुक फूड बट जैसे पूरा वीक अगर घर का खाना खा लेते तो माई हजबेंड इज लाइक अरे कब तक घर का खाएंगे चल बाहर मैम एक दिन आप बना के बोलो कि आज पड़ोसी के घर से आया Keep changing the thought process. Ma'am, you had a question. Yes, please. It's called Chinjabi. Chinjabi. Why not? Why not? And not only us. You know, the foreigners, the French people have started serving the lamb, and they serve it with their same sauce and all. But that spikiness of the spiciness in that is coming from India. So, so many things. I mean, the black pepper. We were, we were the ones who grew black pepper. The New York, America was discovered because Christopher Columbus forgot his way coming to India. So we are responsible for America today. You know, so we have to feel proud of so many things. There are so many things that have gone from our country. There are so many things that we have already imbibed from the other countries. Like anybody from South of India here? Oh, well done. So, what do you call your kadai? Kadai ko kya bolte hain? Tamil? Ha, nee kadai. Ha, kadai. It's called china chutney. China chutney. Ha, because it's from China. and chatti is a kadhai like a wok so that came from when the hyun sang started traveling to india because india was one of the time the most uh, um, uh, institutional hub you know where nalanda university scholars from all across the world used to come and you know study here so it was like the culinary institute of america today where people go outside to gain knowledge people from the world used to come here aaj bhi dekho aap rishikesh mein this world traveling to rishikesh to find peace yoga so many things that we ourselves are unaware of we are i think catching up to the western world and they are so hard trying to catch up to our own culture and so many things so one question here yeah. and, and this is not uh, ye uh, this is not a recent phenomenon uh, again this is something we going to mention am i am i ordered yes. I have to really watch. Uh, again, it's something that uh, we are going to talk, but I don't know how many of you will be there in the evening. Shall we match it? In the 19th century, मतलब दो ढाई सौ साल पहले, there was a Gujarati ruler called Sayyaji Gaikwad. He used to, he had a lot of money, and also he used to travel all over the world and stuff. He commissioned a 30 volume, मतलब 30 different volumes of a food book called the Pak Shastra. in which he had recipes jahan pe he had amalgamated fusion recipes ke mein he used to travel to europe so wahan se ideas le aaye wo kar diya traditional maratha recipes french recipes spanish recipes but with indian because yahan milte nahi the ingredients even if you were a raja so you would do all that 
सो वी हैड इन्फ्लुएंस सो अगेन दिस होल डिस्कशन ऑफ वॉट रेडी इज इंडियन फूड कहाँ से आया क्या आया आई मीन हाउ फार बैक डी वॉन्ट टू गो यू वॉन्ट टू गो वॉन्ट टू गो इवन फर्दर यू नो यू वॉन्ट टू गो चालुक्य डायनेस्टी में इन द ट्वेल्थ सेंचुरी देव समी वो रोड फूल ट्रेडर्स माना सुलास उसमें खाने का भी था देवर ऑल्सो टेकिंग इन्फ्लुएंसेज फ्रॉम दिस How many of these things came from Mesopotamia, which is a civilization as old as ours? So, he this whole thing of that this food is Indian and this food is Western and this food is you may as well take the best of everything and keep moving it forward. So I have a question here. Actually, two questions. Uh, so basically, uh, what happens is in India we have uh, we have such varied areas, uh, varied geographic uh, indications. Uh, so uh, we go to uh, we go to Kur, there is Kachampuli. We go to so many areas. There are different different ingredients. But at the same time, if you go to tribal areas, there is, I, I recently went to a place called Bhamragad, hmm. and there were ingredients right from red ant chutney to dried mushrooms, dried wild mushrooms. Yeah. Uh, so my question here here is basically two questions. Uh, how do how do as chefs uh, uh, in a restaurant or in a hotel, how do we incorporate these ingredients so that you know they get mass acceptability yeah uh, that is my first question and my second question being uh, we see uh, obviously on tvs at every place else ki uh, so many restaurants even michelin star restaurants have these tasting menus mm-hmm. uh, do you think uh, incorporating maybe uh, tasting menus with these ingredients would uh, be a way of you know uh, giving mass acceptability to maybe these ingredients which are basically not known to anyone yeah is, is it yeah but also I had my student pass out. His name is Kizang, and he's from Nagaland, and he now works as a Thai chef in uh, the Oberoi Grand Calcutta. And realizing his roots, we actually conducted a food promotion in Trident Nariman Point on the Naga cuisine completely. And there, we of course we did a degustation menu, the tasting menu of five courses each, and we presented everything in the modern way because in the Oberoi we also have a restaurant called Zia. which is done by our uh, former chef vinit bhatia who used to work with obroy hotels so that is a fine dining we call it progressive indian cuisine now so that that is that gives us a chance to actually use all those ingredients and like i said that first step is to actually go and uh, there are a lot of these tribal fairs etc that are happening so that is how we are coming to know about such ingredients on our travels and all these things and i think couple of years you will start seeing these things in hotel menus for sure like there are already few things which are on the hotel menus from our learnings and there is a way forward i mean definitely so if you all don't have any questions so we'll close the session because we already done with the time um otherwise we are happy to take one more question if anybody has all right thank you so much everyone i thank all the panelists for the inputs that they have given and i i'm sure that all every one of us will use these tips and tricks that sir has told us except the one about giving us <laughs> 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 <laughs>